All right, thank you for downloading the Cruise Control Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud.com. You can follow me, the host, Randy Cruz, on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Jabari Davis, writer for LakersNation.com. What's up, Jabari? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. How you doing today, Randy? Again, I appreciate you having me on. Doing good, man. No problem. Um, outside of this heat wave we're having here in New York, uh, I know you're pretty used to that over there in in, uh, in L.A. We're getting like 85, 90, 92 for like a week in a row. So other than that, I'm good. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I'm usually the type that I'll complain about some heat, but I'll take this over freezing cold anytime. Yeah, you know, to me, the summer went real quick, but I think somehow September was like, you know what, man? <laughs> I ain't going out like that. <laughs> Just a reminder. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, but first of all, always a great uh, pleasure having you on. We always talk great basketball, especially with the Lakers. NBA, a month and a half away, so let's get right to it. Um, the last time we spoke, you were with basketballinsiders.com yeah you you recently made the transition now to lakersnation.com a site that covers everything lakers um a great one for that matter how's that transition been so far well you know for, first let me you know of course and you know i'm not gonna make this award show status but you know of course thank you for everything for the basketball in, basketball insiders guys i had a great run with them Started with them with when actually when it was Hoops World when we were, when we were working for USA Today. Right. Uh, but you know this transition it, for, you know, to answer your question directly, it's a great one because. But look, the last few years of you know of, of, of covering the Lakers, even for Basketball Insiders, has been rough. I'm not saying that it's going to be an instant turnaround, but I think this is kind of like the time to get back with you know you know if you're going to be Laker focused or Laker centric, this is the time to get in with them. get in on the ground floor when they're when it looks like they're about to build. Hmm. Now that you're with LakersNation.com, how how massive um, is the entire Laker Nation? Because we all know that they're a, a very loyal group to their team. <laughs> Look, the, the way I always try to describe the people that's not from here in LA is, it's like you can't really imagine how you know just you know, how big the fan base is, how strong it is, how passionate it is. Right. Even when you see it on Twitter, even all you know, all of those outbursts and all all the folks that show you know show their passion on there, you can't imagine it until you get out here. That's why I always laugh, and this is no disrespect and no slight to the Clippers, because I'm sure we're going to talk about them later on, so for the Clippers fans, don't take offense. But this is why I always laugh when I was asked, even even years back, hey, is it now a Clippers town? Look, the Clippers are doing great. I'm actually, as you know, like as, a, as an individual that grew up watching the Showtime Lakers and watching some dismal you know, dismal action on the other side of the hallway, or at least you know, since they've been you know, together at Staples, I can tell you I'm actually glad that they're good, but L.A. is always going to be a Lakers town. So now you're with Laker Nation. You know me here on the East Coast. I'm a Knicks fan, so I guess you mm-hmm. you can include me a part of Knicks Nation. I think those happen to be the two biggest um, NBA fan bases in the world. Um, which one do you nope. think is bigger, Knicks Nation or Laker Nation? Man, that's a tough one. 
tough one. And I don't want because I don't want to come across as a homer. <laughs> and one thing I will say is Celtics fans they travel too because we got a lot of them out true, here too, true. even out here on the West Coast. True. You know, there's got to be there's got to be a reason for it. But I, 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 you know, I'll let you guess on that one. Um, honestly, it's probably pretty close. But uh, you know, again, you know, not to be too biased. And for me, because I'm you know, from traveling the country, right. you know, other countries as well. I see Lakers gear everywhere. Knicks too, but you know, you know, the Lakers that brand that brand is pretty strong. Absolutely. Um, I, I I did notice in your Twitter bio it says the host of Lakers Nation Radio, but coming soon. Um, would that be something new for you? It will be. Well, it not not new to hosting, but new for you know new for I guess an individual website. Uh, my partners and I, you know, uh, James and Wells and Jordan Buscarini, we've been doing a show that actually has been airing on. Uh, uh, I guess Jordan works for KOAL 750 out in Price, Utah. It's been airing out there for the past year. Uh, you know, I've done some podcasts and work in the past, but this is going to be the first time where it's just exclusive, you know, exclusive to one website and and obviously, uh, you know, Lakers. So I'm guessing I would, you know, have to patiently wait for the invite to come on 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 that show, even though I'm in New York and a Knicks fan, right? <laughs> no, you know what? To be honest with you, and actually, that, that's something that I've been discussing with Dan, the editor of the site. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're looking to get bloggers and writers and hosts from other you know other markets whenever we're going to be playing. Whenever the Lakers are going to be, I'd say we excuse me. Whenever the Lakers are going to be playing those particular teams, so. All you have to wait, and you you only have to wait as far as uh, you know the NBA schedule makers make you wait. But you but you already know you're absolutely welcome at any time. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we're talking with Jabari Davis, writer for LakersNation.com. Now, t- now to the the Lakers. Now, what are your thoughts on the Lakers initially when they got the number two draft pick in the draft back in June? What was your first initial reaction to them getting getting number two? My, you know, my first thought. In fact, I think I tweeted about it. I said, "Hey, look, basically, and I'm paraphrasing. If it's not going to be Jaleel Okafor, I'm hoping it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns." Now, that's all. You know, for one, that's because I was going with the traditional, you know, Laker thought of, you know, they, you know, they go with big men, or they, or they at least acquire a big man and and, and build around him. Um, little did I know, lo and behold, you know, you know, they had completely other ideas in mind. Uh, I don't know if they. If they genuinely thought that Lamarcus was going to be there, you know, or either Lamarcus or DeAndre was going to be there when they made the D'Angelo Russell pick, but I'll put it like this: although I was surprised, I'm actually pleased that they went in that direction. After seeing him and you know, hearing him, kind of seeing him in action, I'm actually looking. I'm really looking forward to this young team. Now, were you at all shocked that they even got number two, or even in the top three? A little, hey, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't sitting there like, okay, ooh, uh-huh. mix it four. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And, 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 and you know, you, you, your eyes get a little bit greedy once you get your past three. But mm. you know what? Honestly, as a fan of the team, to be honest with you, I was completely fine with you. Now, the Lakers, went with, they went with Russell. Um, I like to pick for them. Now, they could have had Jaleel Okafor at number two. They did not get him. Knowing the history in L.A. with the bigs, it, it's been pretty good, very classic. You know, they had Wilt, Shaq, Kareem, Powell, Bynum. They, now they go with the guard in, in D'Angelo Russell. Were you shocked or surprised they went with him and not Okafor knowing that the Lakers traditionally have had a very successful time with big men? I was, but then you know, actually, and, and I, I like to give credit where credit is due. I, I 
but I don't remember who pointed out. Somebody pointed it out on Twitter. Shameless plug alert. Jabari, you, know, you can catch me, Jabari Davis, NBA, of course. Mm. Um, uh, but somebody pointed out and say, look, the Lakers don't all, you know, don't really draft bigs. They they've always acquired bigs. You know, like if you if, of all those names that you, you know, that you just listed, Bynum was the only one they only one they did that they drafted, and he was able to you know work his way into you know I guess you could say stardom over a few years rather than being kind of thrown into the mix and expected to deliver right away. Right. Um, so you know once once that was pointed out, I was like, okay, you know what? It, actually, it does make sense. It, you know, it, it, I I can go with. Uh, I can go with you know like the, the guard uh, you know the guard choice there, especially when you're look, when you're looking at a league where you know as much as I'm one to say hey look yes you do still need big men like I, I'm not one that you know embrace like you know that the big man's completely dead. In fact, you know we we can go down the list of and and name ten to fifteen quality bigs even though you know folks will act like you can't. Um, it is transitioning as a league, and you do need to have interchangeable players and guys in the backcourt that can do multiple things. So. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to the pairing, to be honest with you, of Jordan Clarkson and D'Angelo Russell in this backcourt. So I, I think they can be special together. You know what's crazy, Jabari? When you said that stat, the fact that the Lakers don't or never really draft big men, I, I just sat back and I'm like, you know what? This guy is 100% right because only Bynum was drafted by them. They, they acquired Shaq from Orlando. They acquired Powell mm-hmm. from, from Memphis. They acquired Wilt from Philly, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kareem yep. from Milwaukee. Um, so yeah, like you know, now I'm like, oh, like holy crap! <laughs> you know, that, that, they don't that, draft that, big I, men. When I read it, I said, but because I was I was up on the soapbox, like, wow, I can't believe they went this direction. They normally get bigs. Somebody hit me with that reality, and I said, okay, right, right. <laughs> that's actually that. That's very accurate. Now, did they select Russell? Um, knowing that in today's NBA, it's really about the guard play. Having a young, good guard, um, uh, guard play more so than having a solid big man. I think that's part of it, and I think also you have to. Re- I mean, we all have to realize, even though Kobe Bryant's still on the team, and look, Kobe's going to be Kobe. I'm looking forward to this 20th, and what I honestly think is going to be the final season. I'm sure we'll get into that later on. Um, the Lakers have been the Lakers have been so Kobe, you know, Kobe dependent in the backcourt for you know the better part of 20 years that they had to go in this direction. Now, look, Jordan Clarkson had a had a very impressive second half last year. Um, you know, uh, under you know, like a lot of folks were questioning whether that was you know simply because he was on a bad team. I you know I was a little bit hesitant. I, I think I would call myself cautiously optimistic. Um, uh, I do think that he you know like he just, from what I saw from him in summer league, it looked like he took the next step already. Uh, you know, just in terms of, you know, and, and look, I, I don't base it on like the numbers that you put up in summer league. I, t- I put I base it on the, like the way you look that out there on the court, the confidence, the voice that you show. Um, you know, that said, you know, again, you know, like uh, I. It's not that, you know, I don't think it was solely based on the, the way the league is going, but it was also based based on the fact that you're not going to be able to rely upon Kobe moving forward. You're not going to be, you know, you're, you know, you're so put, you know, put simply, even if he were to, at the end of this year, say, you know, say so by some miraculous, you know, like, you know, man, he's able to play 65-plus games and says, like, hey, guys, I want to go one more year, you can't keep on going to that well. You've got to, you know, so... In my opinion, they made the right choice. They solidified their backcourt. They've got you know multiple options at both positions, and I think it was a good choice. The crazy part is that that Kobe Bryant, like you said, has been in the Laker backcourt for what twenty years now, and mm-hmm. the point guards that he's been able to play with, they've been okay, they've been good, but 
Kobe has never played with a great point guard. I, I, I'm not saying or jumping the gun that Russell is going to be that guy because after, after this year, Kobe might be a wrap. So like, mm-hmm. just kind of put everything into perspective. Like, real quick, what was the what was the who was the best point guard that Kobe played with? He had Fisher, he had um, Ron Harper, he had Nick Van Exel. So, in your opinion, who was the best point guard Kobe played with? Uh, at the time when he played with them, Nick was, you know, Nick was at his height. You know, you know he was in his prime. So Nick was, you know, Nick was solid. But you know, then you were dealing with a young Kobe that was coming off the bench that wasn't even, you know, didn't really, you know, didn't even have his, you know, his real legs underneath him yet. Uh, it's got to be Eric Fisher because, you know, for one, they won the five rings together. Two, you know, like not only have they been the, you know, best, you know, or at least the, you know, closest. Not only has Fisher been the closest guy to him, you know, like you know, in the locker room, uh, but he's been, you know, he's really been a positive influence, you know, like over him and you know, like off the court as well. Uh, it, it's got to be Fisher. Now, is is Russell going to start, in your opinion? And and, and two, do, do you think he'll fare? How do you think he'll fare up against the other guards? In, in the Western Conference, because, you know, there are so many. Stephen Curry, CP3, Tony Parker, Lillard, Russell, uh, Westbrook, Mike Conley, Trey Burke, Rondo. The Western Conference is, is, is so stacked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're damn right. Um, Daniel Moutier. <laughs> Moutier from Denver. So, is one, is he going to start? And two, regardless of if, if he starts or not, how do you think he'll fare up against these, these other guards? All right, two parts to that. Um, one, I do think he will start. You know, uh, Coach Scott hasn't, you know, hasn't announced that. You know, and, and he's he's saying all the right things, like, "Hey, I don't care if I start. Whatever decision the coach makes, yada yada yada." You know, he's he, you know, he, he's he's being the company man with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't draft a guy, you know, second pick, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, backward player right. in this situation if you're not planning on starting him. True. Uh, I don't know if he starts from opening day, but by the end of the season, I expect him to be a starting point guard. Um, you know, the second part of your question. I don't know how he's going to fare, but I know that I at least see a guy that I don't think is going to back down, and that's key. I mean, I know, and I know you know that's key. Um, you know, he, he, he's going to take his licks, but he looks like a guy that's going to be. You know, he's going to at least be. He's going to at least attempt to give him out. Uh, I think he's going to do well against the guys that are like you know kind of. Like, I don't. Well, I don't want to make predictions and say like, oh, he'll do better against this guy, you know, as opposed to that guy. Um, just look. You named it. it was a, it's a murder. It's literally a murderer's row when it comes to any. Of course, you know, I had to give you a little Yankees reference. Is this a murderer's <laughs> row when it comes to Western Conference or just point guards in general, but specifically in the Western Conference in particular? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, impossible to predict how he'll do against them individually. But I, you know, I genuinely think he's going to, you know, he's going to be a guy that, you know, he may start off slow, but kind of like Clarkson did over the course of last season. I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, by the second half of the year. You're going to be looking at him saying, like, man, this guy, you know, this is Angelo Russell. He may not have had a lot of, you know, highlight plays or highlight moments in the first half of the year, but this mm-hmm. guy's solid. This guy can play. I mean, I, look at me. I also forgot Ty Lawson, who's in Houston. Mm-hmm. I forgot, um, man, I just Every had... team. Every single team. Every single has somebody team. Somebody <laughs> that's going to create a challenge for him. Oh, yeah. Eric Bledsoe was the one I forgot, too. Yeah, I forgot about him. Um,. You look at the Laker roster now, they, they did not get the big names in free agency like they wanted to, but they did improve the roster, in, in my opinion. They drafted Russell, um, Larry Nance Jr., Julius Randle is coming back um, from injury, Kobe's coming back, they get Lou Williams, Roy Hibbert, um, Clarkson continues Brandon. to improve, and, and Brandon Bass. What's, what's your overall opinion on their offseason, and do these moves take them anywhere this season? 
I don't know that they take them anywhere this season. Like if you're talking about like a playoff run, and it's it's not because they weren't good moves. Because to be honest with you, they were better moves than I anticipated. Uh, you you kind of you you let in with you know they didn't get the big names. I you know if you don't mind me addressing that, I got to be honest with you. I think that everybody that was all you know caught up in that story, and believe me, we all were. But you know everybody that was you know like had you know, unrealistic expectations, you kind of set yourself up for disappointment. If you're Lamarcus Aldridge, and, and uh, forgive me again, soapbox moment. If you're Lamarcus Aldridge, you're 30 years old. You can get paid by any any team that's out there, any team at least that has you know like uh, you know cap you know cap space available. Right. Why would you choose a team that's transitioning? Now that's not a knock against these Lakers because I do think that they are significantly improved. But you know, there, I think the roster is a significant improvement over last year's. That's just to say, if you have the opportunity to win right now and get paid and play, you know, like you know, you're playing a system for Greg Popovich, in which you know all of those great players that are over there. Why wouldn't you choose that? Um, so, you know, but back to the Lakers. I think you know, I, I do think they're improved. I love the pickup of, of, of Roy Hibbert on you know in a contract year in a league like as we mentioned that is changing around him. That if there's ever going to be a time where you're going to get the best Roy Hibbert, it's going to be now. He reportedly lost 15 pounds, looks to be in great shape. I'm hoping that at least at least for the first half of the year, you know, prior to them moving, you know, prior to them potentially moving him at, you know, like, uh, to a contender in the second half, you get the best out of out of Roy Hibbert. Brandon Bass is a solid guy. You see him out there. You see him in the Eastern Conference, you know, uh, uh, plenty. Uh, you know, so you know what you get there. Lou Williams, I love the addition of that. Uh, I it wasn't it didn't surprise me that you know Nick you know Nick Young's name you know came up in trade you know trade rumors right afterwards mm-hmm. uh, because as much as they want to you know say Kumbaya like they can exist yes they can but there's so much redundancy there and Lou Williams is a better version so if you're the Lakers why wouldn't you try to move Nick Young again no you know no disrespect to Nick he's been a great guy great guy to follow great guy to actually interact with in the locker room as well uh, but you know. Long-winded answer, you know, coming to an end. I I love what they've done with this roster. It finally looks like they've embraced the youth movement. It finally looks like they've embraced, like, hey, look, we love Kobe. He's been fantastic for us. While he, you know, this last year here, we'll we'll try to be competitive. But more, you know, more than anything, this year has to be about the development of all of those young guys that you mentioned, as well as Anthony Brown was a guy that you didn't mention. So, out of all the new people that the Lakers added. In the offseason, which do you feel, in your opinion, was the most important addition to their roster? Ooh, that's a good question. And, you know, I'd like to cheat and say all of them because they really all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, you know, getting Julius Randle, that, that's like almost getting a, you know, like a new player as well because, like, you know, let's face it, he played, what, 25 minutes last season you know, after getting injured in the first, in the first game. Uh, so that you know, while that's very significant, it's got to be D'Angelo Russell. Not only is he a point guard, you know, he's a guy that you're, you know, that, that you're kind of putting the, you know, I don't want to say put the franchise in his hands, but you know, look, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the leader on the court, and you're hoping that he can be the guy that, uh, one of the guys at least that's going to be a leader in the locker room as well. Um, yeah, and from what I've seen out of him, again, like I said, I love the kid's voice. Yes, he had, you know, he had a, a rough start to summer league, and everybody was all up in arms out here. I don't know if it, you know, like if, if, if that you know made its way out there, but folks were all up in arms and saying, "It's like, look, the kid's 19 years old. He's not only trying to figure out how to, you know, like you know, the pace and the speed and, and and the strength of the game at this level. He's also trying to figure, you know, figure out with a bunch of other guys that are young and doing the same exact thing. He's going from being the star on the court to being asked to be to lead." Based a court full of stars, you know what I'm saying. So, in in, in terms of like the expectations, or you know, in terms of uh, you know which you know which I think is going to be most most pivotal, I think it's got to be D'Angelo D'Angelo Russell, or at least for the Lakers' sense, they got to hope that it ends up being Russell. Minor segue: You you mentioned Lamarcus Aldridge. He was a big time free agent out there. He went to meetings with God knows everybody, and 
he he goes to San Antonio. Um, him along with David West go to to the, to the San Antonio Spurs. This team, Jabari, you you, you think that they'll be done. Duck is getting older, and Ginobili and Parker and whatever. But they they get Kawhi Leonard. He's a Finals MVP. They sign LaMarcus Aldridge. They get David West. They revamp. They're right back in the thick of the Western Conference. How significant, how important is LaMarcus Aldridge and David West going to the San Antonio Spurs? Man, the Spurs, look, I'm going to date myself a little bit. But the, <laughs> the Spurs are like babies' kids. And what I mean by that is look, the, the slogan, they don't die, they multiply. Mm-hmm. When you think they're done, when you think, oh, okay, the Spurs, oh, they, they've had a good run, they find a way. You mentioned it, you know, adding guys like, you know, adding, you know, <laughs> I, like, I don't want to put too much on it because, of course, you know, non-Spurs fans are going to say like, "Oh man, you know, you're, you're already you know giving them the title." I'm not uh-huh. saying that because, quite frankly, I think it's almost you know borderline disrespectful how quickly people were like the the, the, the Warriors won the won the you know won the title, and then five minutes later, everybody was like, "Okay, yeah, the Spurs, they're you know they're they're the team." Uh-huh. That that said, that's a smart that's a, that that's a roster right there. That's a roster. Anytime you got guys that can probably make you know eight million to eight to ten million dollars, you know more on you know on the open market, and I'm so obviously I'm talking about David West, and he decides no, I'll take the bet minimum. That's when you know you you've got a nice little system worked out. I expect them to be to be honest with you, barring you know, and this is way early to say this, but barring anything crazy, I expect them to be one of the teams in the Western Conference Finals. Oh yeah, me too. If if it's not San Antonio, if it's not Golden State. I would, I would say Houston could be in that conversation, and the Clippers can be in that conversation. Now, I was gonna say the Clipper question till later, but I might as well do it now since I mentioned it. Now, they had a, a very, very <laughs> interesting offseason. Um, the whole DeAndre Jordan um, thing with with the Mavericks and Mark Cuban, but they also added some some big people too. Paul Pierce, Lance Stevenson, um, Josh Smith. They kept DeAndre Jordan, which was a plus for them. Now, does that all sound good on paper? Or the fact that how is Doc Rivers going to take these big names and try to make it work, make it happen, make it fit, and give these guys the minutes that they want? You know, this is going to be an unpopular answer, but I think the key to their offseason was actually bringing Paul Pierce in. And when I say, and, and of course, bringing DeAndre back, that, you know, that was the key. You know, like the uh, JJ Reddick hit it on the head when he said when he gave him an F when it looked like he was gone, uh, because DeAndre, while you know we can all you know feel some type of way about his free throw shooting, we can you know question with you know how many post moves he has. He is a pivotal piece to what they do. You know what I mean? On both sides of the ball, not just on the defensive end, but actually on both sides of the ball. Uh, that said, of all of the acquisitions, look, Lance Stevenson is the biggest name because he's a you know he's a young and you know like you'd hope you know not you know uh, not even in prime guy that mm. you'd hope if he had, if, if he's focused and he can return to some form of you know the Lance that we all saw prior to you know him you know doing all the antics and blowing in LeBron's ear and all of that. Well, then you got to <laughs> you got to win there, but. What I saw in that, you know, in the playoffs, not only was a team that needed, you know, needed guys off the bench, they needed that presence. And you know what? I, you know, Cooper fans were asking me, you know, what should we think about the addition of Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce in October, don't worry about it. In December, don't worry about it. In January and February, it doesn't matter. You need right. Paul Pierce to be healthy heading into March, and, this, and you need and you need him to be available for the postseason. So. Uh, look, it's 
going to be significant. You know, it, it, it was it was a, you know they got some they got some work done. They got some names on paper. Doc kind of redeemed himself at least for the time being uh, because you know prior to this the GM version of Doc had you know was was seriously letting coach Doc down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now now he's going to have to make it work. He's going to have to get. He's going to have to find a way to get you know push past this you know second round and out threshold you know that they that they you know uh, kind of been mired in. Uh, and, and really, you know, really make that push this year because you know what? And, you know, as much as you know, as, as young as Blake is, as young as some of those guys are, you know, we never know how long that window is open. And you know, you just, you know, you just never know. And I'm going to knock on wood because I'm not wishing anything negative upon anybody. In fact, I'm I'm the guy that I even my worst enemy, even a rival. I hate injuries, but you just never know. It's the, you know, they're the ultimate equalizer when it comes to the NBA, and you don't know how long you're, you're going to have for a run. So if you're the Clippers, this is going to be the year where you got to make it happen. Right, and, and you know, the names sound good on paper. They sound great in your in your NBA 2K16 roster, but uh, <laughs> my thing is Jabari. How much pressure does the Clippers have um, with these new pieces? Plus the fact that they had a three-one lead in the conference semifinals last year against Houston, and ultimately gave that series away. I've never in my life been disappointed in a Clipper loss. I'm being honest with you. Like, yeah, I'm just being straightforward with mm-hmm. you. You know, uh, you know that whether you're a reporter, a writer, whatever, you know, we all grew up, you know, loving teams and hating teams. I've never once, except for in that series, I found myself just watching it, shaking my head. Like, I, I feel like a disappointed. I, I actually wanted to go hug a Clippers fan. I'm dead serious. I want. I'm like. I wanted to go go out on the streets and look for them because you know, quite frankly, <laughs> let, let, let me stop. I wanted to find some one of them to hug because that was just disgusting. You get like I said. You, this has got to be the year when you get over the hump. And you know what? They're not. They're not uh, relying on Big Baby. They're not relying on. And some of these guys are still on the team, but they're not relying on Big Baby. And uh, you know, uh, you do. You know, in, in pressure situations this year, you got to make it work, Doc. Oh yeah, me too. Because one, you know, it, for 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 Chris Paul as well, man. The guy has been in this league for okay. you know ten, eleven years, and he just can't get past the second round. It, it, it's like the thing with Melo; he couldn't get past um, a, a certain round. And then before that, it, it was T Mac back in the days. Yeah, he couldn't get past the first round. And now, when Chris Paul has a three-one lead, not saying it, it's his fault because it wasn't, but you can't go up three-one. And then lose a a big time lead, I, I believe in game six, and then all of a sudden, or game five, whatever it was, um, to to win the series, and then, then you lose game seven on the road, and then, you know, I'm not a Clipper fan, Jabari. I, I I wanted them to win because one, I felt like it was their time to to get past Houston. I think they had I think they had the better roster, and to me as a fan, Warriors and the Clippers in the conference finals. Oh yeah, then the, the ratings would have been freaking crazy. But now we have to wait till now a new season and see what this team can do. And now I I, I do agree with you to the fact that this should be their year where at least they get to the conference finals. I don't know about the NBA finals, but this got to be the year where they either in the conference finals or for the chip. I mean, I look at it like this, and and and, and I'll and I'll leave Clippers fans alone after this. If you're Chris Paul, you're an all-time great point guard. He is. There's no way, you know, like, honestly, and I'm usually the guy that says, like, yeah, let's let the guys finish their career uh, before we start, you know, putting them, you know, where we would rank them, and I'll still do that. But Chris Paul, is, you know, he, he's in that conversation, and I'm not talking about top five, maybe maybe the bottom five, of the, wherever. Wherever you want to put him, he's going to be there. You can, Look, 
as a fan of the game, we you know like and again you know like uh, again I support the NBA being healthy you know like in total. Of course, I want the Lakers to win, but I also I also want the all-time greats to be you know be able to be successful. Doesn't necessarily mean you got to win a title you know in order to be considered an all-time great. Of course, there are some others that you know on that list right. you know that you know that didn't get a ring. Uh, but I at least want them to be able to play in the finals. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> And again, now Lakers fans are going to be mad at me because I just said I just said I want you know obviously I just said I want the Clippers to play in the finals. No, you're right, man. I me as a fan. You know, it it it, it reminds me of like 2K or like NBA Live where you get the 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 the, the two teams that score the most, high profile, most exciting in that series, Golden State and the Clippers. Man, as a fan, I think everybody would have would would have loved that. But um. We spoke about Aldridge moving to, to San Antonio. Um, was that the biggest move of the offseason? Um, it was one of them uh, because, you know, quite frankly, it was part of a process of, uh, you know, taking Portland, which, you know, in my opinion, was an up-and-coming team. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bury them and say that, they, you know, that they're nothing. But, look, anytime you lose four-fifths of your starting lineup as well as Aaron Aflalo off your bench, who was your sixth your six man, uh, you know, like it, I don't care who you bring in, that, you know, you, can't, you 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 at least stepped into a hole, if not yeah. you know, if, if not a deep one at that. Um, oh man, Randy, I'm sorry, I lost, I totally lost my train of thought. The the biggest, I guess, move or acquisition in the offseason. I actually was at Aldridge, and I guess you were kind of trying to tell me that it was one of them, but maybe something else might have been bigger than that. Yeah, hey, my bad to do this to you. Do you mind if, if we go back and I just, and I and I answer that question again? <laughs> <laughs> that is my bad, man. Hundred percent. The biggest off-season move, in your opinion, was it Lamarcus Aldridge to San Antonio, or was was there a second move out there that was bigger than that? It was definitely one of them. It, you know, I, I don't know one that was bigger. I mean, the DeAndre Jordan, you know, what we thought was going to be a move, that would have been one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of big names shifting, the reason why I think the Lamarcus Aldridge one is the biggest move is not only does it, you know, not only does it bolster, you know, San Antonio's playoff and, and obviously title hopes, it significantly decreased, in my honest opinion, you know, Portland's hopes. Look, I, I, they weren't going to be a contender either way, and to a certain degree, you know, like I guess if, you know, if you're Neil O'Shea and I do believe in Neil O'Shea because he's a fantastic GM, but I, I guess at a certain point, if you look at that roster and you say, like, we're not going to be, you know, we're always going to be kind of like second round and out, you kind of eventually have to push that reset button. Um, that said, Look, if you lose four fifths of your, you know, you know and, and this was only part of it, but if you lose four fifths of your starting lineup as well as Aaron Aflalo, that's going to be significant. So the reason, like, again, the reason why I think it was the biggest move is because not only does it, you know, you know, does it put San Antonio, if not in the driver's seat, at least right alongside, you know, some of those other teams you mentioned. Um, and you know what? We also didn't mention the Thunder because I also think that they're going to have a bounce back here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, but again, you know, going back to the move, uh, not only does it put San Antonio at least you know like close to the driver's seat, it significantly takes away from Portland's chances. So yeah, I think that's probably the biggest move. Yeah, man, I, I may I might have to reconsider that that four. When I said San Antonio, Houston, Clippers, and Golden State, I think OKC has to be. In that mix too, so I mean, I'm more of a, I'm more of an OKC fan than I am Houston. Um, I feel losing Josh Smith could be, you know, very not very, but could be detrimental to their roster because he definitely stepped up in that Clippers series. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely OKC would have to be a team that I would consider to be in that conference finals, um, NBA finals talk. But um, now the time I get to talk about the Black Mamba. Kobe Bryant. Oh, okay. 
Um, what kind of Kobe Bryant are we going to see this season? Uh, we Everybody knows it's his 20th season in the league. Um, are we going to see a more passive, less minutes kind of Kobe or still have black mamba <laughs> spurts from him? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at that, not because it's a funny question, but just because, you know, folks been asking this for the, you know, for the past, it seemed like 20 years with Kobe. And Kobe, you know what his answer always is? Kobe's going to be Kobe. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like, do I think he's do I think he's going to be uh, a positive influence on the on that young group? I do. I do think that in year twenty, uh, you're going to see you know maybe a lighter or softer side of Kobe at times. But you're also going to see that you know you're, 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 one of them is going to get that Kobe death stare at a certain point. It's just going to happen. That's bound to happen because you know what. Uh, you know, zebras don't lose their stripes. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? But all in all. Uh, I, what I hope to see out of him is just a relatively healthy year. I don't really care about the numbers. You know, the, you know Kobe's always going to be able to score. That you know, like he's a score machine. That's just what he's been able to do. You know, and he's going to have the ball in his hands enough, even with you know two you know, you know two young you know, guards in the backcourt. Even if he's at the small forward position, he's going to have the ball in his hands enough to get you a few assists a game and you know grab a couple rebounds. Uh, but more than anything, I'll be honest with you, what I'd like to see out of him is sixty you know sixty plus games. Uh, you know, taking you know you know resting along the way, taking some. You know, Certain back-to-backs off, uh, taking you know taking off times where they've got you know three games in four nights, you know like you know being smart about it and limiting his minutes so that the minutes where he is actually on the court, he, you know you can get at least a taste of what Kobe you know the Kobe was. It's never going to be you know the Kobe of old, and anybody that expects that is you know kind of unrealistic at this point. Uh, but yeah, more than anything, I just want to see a relatively healthy guy that's able to walk off the court. You know, like and smile at the end of the season, as opposed to you know the way that the last you know last two years have been. Three years, excuse me. We are chatting with Jabari Davis, writer for LakersNation.com. Kobe is in the final year of his contract. We don't know exactly what he's going to do after the season. Um, many people say that it, it'll be his last season, but do you see this year being the final season in the long career of Kobe Bryant? I mean, no one knows. The only one that's going to answer that is Kobe, and I. he might not even know at this at this stage because, mm-hmm. you know, quite frankly, it's like he doesn't know how his body's going to respond as soon as he, you know, as soon as he actually starts playing. You know, it's one thing to work out, and he's a workout warrior. He always has been. It's one thing to be maniacal, you know, like you know, in your training. It's a whole other thing once you get, you know, once you step on that NBA court and right. you got and you're chasing around the likes of Russell Westbrook or you know Kevin Durant or whomever, you know. Um, so uh, I'm not trying to dodge the question. I personally think it's going to be his last year, but you know, again, who the, you know, who the heck am I? You know, Kobe might come out there and say, "Nah, I'd like to go another year." You just never know. If I were a betting man, I would probably say this is number twenty and hang him up. No, you're right. I, I guess we, we we can't answer for him, but I guess he just you know, it's weird because Kobe does, Kobe's not a guy that wanted his want his final season to be like a, uh, a swan song a big tour like 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 Derek Jeter did with the Yankees and everybody knew it was it was his final year and this is the final time he would be in this ballpark Kobe's Kobe's playing year 20 like it's year one and nobody knows exactly what he's going to do only only he'll uh, figure it out would I, would I like to see Kobe play one more year me as a fan yeah but if he if he if he knows physically he can't do it then I think he'll he'll walk away. But he, if he feels that he can somehow provide and get that 15, 20 minute to a to a team help help the young guys, I think he'll stay. But I I, I really think it, I really think it's fifty fifty right now. 
Randy, let, let me paraphrase uh, an old cliche, and it gets used all the time, but I'm going to paraphrase it for Kobe. Mm. All the time is still undefeated, but Kobe gave that bastard a hell of a fight. <laughs> That's my that, that's my line on Kobe. Yeah. That. <laughs> now you you right about that, man. I, I mean, I I've seen this guy for twenty years in the league, and do some amazing things. He is the second coming of Michael Jordan. Nobody will ever see it. A, 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 a third MJ, a, a second Kobe. Um, he's just a guy that really catapulted the game, and a lot of people, a lot of fans, more fans. It, it hold up. If you're not a Laker fan, then either you don't like him or you hate him. And there, I think there's an even amount of people out there that love him and hate him. But the reasons why you hate him, to me, are irrelevant if you talk about the basketball world. There's no way you can tell me you hate a guy that is the third leading scorer in, in NBA history or scored 81, second to Wilt's 100, or has five rings and multiple-time All-Star and, and, and MVPs and All-Star MVP. Like, how can, how can you hit a guy like that? Maybe because people compared him to, to Michaels for so many times for so long. But we all know Jabari. There's, there's one MJ. There's one Kobe. There's one LeBron. We, we should not be comparing these guys to each other because they're all different people. They all did different things um, for the sport. And I think me as a fan, if when he retires, Jabari, I think a lot of people are going to feel like, man, like, damn, <laughs> it's really a wrap mm-hmm. for Kobe. Like, nah, Kobe, die. one more game, one more game. And he, he ain't going to do it. He ain't going to do it. You know, man, honestly, Randy, you made some excellent points there. Let, let me say this. All those folks out there that sat there mad at Kobe his entire career, you know, regardless, you know, whatever your reasons are, mm. if you sat there mad at him and didn't watch him play, you missed out. That's all I'll say because Basically. I look, I miss spoiled. I grew up in, look, I grew up a, you know, an NBA fiend in the '80s. I, I was able to watch Magic at an early age. I was able to watch Kareem at an early age. Mm. I was able to watch Michael's entire career. I was able to watch Kobe's literally his entire career. And I can tell you this: greatness is greatness. LeBron. All these folks that they want to compare, they want to say like, oh, you know, he's not great. Because he, look, LeBron is great. Kobe he has been great. Michael was great. Magic was great. You know, you, you like it, as an as an as an individual that just simply appreciates the game and respects the game. I'm one of those guys where it's like I'm never gonna let I'm never gonna let greatness pass me by because you know he's wearing you know he's wearing another jersey or because I don't like the way you know he he walks on the court and all of that silliness. <laughs> look. The world, the world, and life in general, guy. We got too many other things to worry about. You know, mm-hmm. for me to worry myself with that. If you, you know, if you go out there and you can hoop, I'm gonna support you, and I'm, you know, I'm gonna appreciate what you can do. Uh, so, you know, so for a lot of those folks that, you know, all the folks that, you know, if you, if you missed out on Kobe's career, uh, kind of like you said, you know, as soon as he's done, you know, you're good. You, they're gonna have remorse because, it, but honestly, you know, while there will be great players following, mm-hmm. you don't make them like this anymore. You know what I mean? It's one of those where, like, even if you don't like his approach, you kind of have to respect it because not only has he been one of the more successful you know, players to ever play this game and one of the greatest players to ever play this game, it's worked out pretty well for him. And you're right. Like, I mean, I could be wrong, but Kobe is, like, one of the last few people from, like, that era of, uh, of 90s basketball, mid-2000s basketball that it, that is totally different than what you, than what you see now. Now it's... 
you know, people call it more softer. Um, they call it more fouls than ever um, now than than back in the days. And like literally back in the days in, in Kobe's early era, you you had to get pushed or tripped mm-hmm. to get a foul. And like you know, the way it is now, and and, and I think Kobe said it before, like you know, on, on the podcast with Shaq, the fact that the NBA is different now compared to the era. And to me, I'm more of a fan of that era because. More great players. They made you work hard uh, for everything that you did, and now it's like more more guys are friends on and off the court. Back then, it was like, listen, I know we cool off the court, but mm-hmm. on the court, I'm coming to get you, and 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 that and that's basically it. And Kobe is that one that one last guy that he gets on the court, and he wants to kill you every single time, and we, yep. we can be friends later, but for but for two and a half hours, three hours. I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Charles Barkley once said, and, you, and I don't know what your stance on Barkley is, while a lot of the silly stuff that he says these days, you know, I, I can probably, uh, you know, I, 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 I could do without it. Uh, he's still an all-time favorite of mine, but he once said he never hated a man, anybody, for more than 48 hours barring overtime. And, then, you know, excuse me, 48 minutes, you know, barring overtime. Right. And, and, and that's the truth. Like, you know, back then, look, I, I'm not going to go to the extreme and say, like, oh, the NBA is completely soft now. and It's, you know, like everybody's best of best friends, but it's right. clearly a more, uh, you know, there's, there's clearly more fraternizing at this stage, or at least publicly. You know, you know, at this stage, uh, the, 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 anytime. But you know, I guess, uh, it, I guess, in order to bolster the argument that it was more, it was tougher in the '80s and '90s. Anytime anybody wants to question how tough it was, then just look at the foul, and it's a famous foul. And I know you've seen it, and I know, you know most of your listeners probably will already know it. But the the uh, the Kurt Rambis is clothesline in the playoffs. Yeah. Think about that foul, and think about the fact that that was just a personal foul, not a technical foul, not a flagrant, no suspensions. That was a personal foul. Get up, let's go. Time changed, man. <laughs> yeah. Time definitely changed. Um, we live in a different world, man. We live abs- in a different world. Different basketball view in society, that's for sure. Absolutely, man. Now, can you can you see Kobe, a guy who's very competitive and, and things of that nature, can you see him going to, like, I mean, post-career, post-NBA career, can you see him going to, like, ESPN, TNT, et cetera, being in some kind of booth talking basketball or more like, coaching or GM role or something totally different or like making more documentaries like he did with the Muse Project, which 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 was great, by the way. Do you see him going in that lane or keeping more in the basketball world? I think a guy like Kobe, and look, I could be completely wrong. This is just me, you know, Jabari Davis talking about another man. And so, so who knows what he's ultimately going to do. But I think a guy like Kobe that's been as competitive as he's been, that's been as driven and as focused and as motivated as he's been, he's going to have to channel that into something. Now, you know, we can all, they, they can always say, like, oh, it's going to give me more time with my family. And, of course, that's great. And, you know, like, you know, we love seeing that. But mm-hmm. ultimately, there's going to have to be something. I do think you're going to see more documentaries. Uh, in fact, I think he even mentioned that uh, in that in that uh, Shaq podcast. Um, I, you know, but while I couldn't see him coaching, uh, like in a head coach's situation, I do think he'll be involved in the game in some way because I just think that the urge will be, you know, like will be there. I don't know if it's like you know maybe coaching with Team USA or you know you know or, or something you know, something involved in the game, whether it's TNT or something along those lines. I think that a guy like Kobe, he's not going to be able to stay away from it for, you know, for too long. Like even if he stays away from, uh, stays away for a year or two or even a few, at a certain point, that itch has got to be scratched. And, and, and really, there's no substitute for the game. 
you and I, you, you, you know that. I know that. Listeners know that. There's no substitute. Look, there's a lot of great things in life. There's a lot of things to be happy about. But when it comes to the round ball, there's him. There is no substitute. I think Kobe will make a great person on that on that show, Open Court on TNT. I think he'll he'll have a lot to say. <laughs> he'll be very competitive, and being in the same room with. You know, Shaq and Barkley and Reggie Miller and those guys and Chris Webber and Kenny Smith and and, and, and EJ. Um, I mean, can I see Kobe in that role? Absolutely. Uh, does he want to do it? I don't know. Kobe's always been to himself and kind of private and, you know, not out there like that. So um, maybe on a special occasion he'll, he'll do a game or two. But I think for me as a fan – I would want him to be there because I know he has so much knowledge and, and information of the game that most people don't know. And that, and that's the same thing that Kobe um, said to Amar Rashad in that in that brief documentary on NBA TV is the fact that he's a guy that, you know, he, he's a sponge for information. He likes to learn every detail, every little thing. And for me, who's kind of like that, but to a lesser degree, I would Kobe Bryant would would be one person I would I would definitely want to learn more basketball inside information from because he learned from the great people and I might as well learn from learn from uh, from somebody great so if he can be on TV and do that I'd be fine for me as a fan but if he wants to make documentaries he can go right ahead because that Muse project was 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 phenomenal and just him talking in black and white and I'm, I'm stuck to my TV. Like this is the best thing on earth. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's phenomenal, man. I think no matter what, no matter what he does, um, I think he'll channel in a hundred percent being competitive and me as a fan of him for a long time. Um, I'll just be proud of, of, of whatever he does. Honestly, to, you know, to, you know, to that line, you know, the guy's a, a walking basketball encyclopedia, so it would be a shame exactly. if, if we did if we didn't get to see it in some you know, in some way uh, you know see that I guess uh, you know, uh, you know, passed on to the next you know future generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you, you, you kind of hit it on the head. Regardless of what he does, he'll probably be successful at it because he's a guy that goes all in. You know, he's not a, he's not a guy that's half stepping. He's not a guy that's in the, you know, He's not a guy that you know that you know, that, that straddling fences. Um, uh, but I, you know, you know, you mentioned open court. I would love to see him on there because he would be you know, like the one thing that you you know you're gonna get. He'd be a straight shooter right to those other guys, and that you know that that would be a fun dynamic. Absolutely. Um, one final question I got for you, Jabari. Hey, you know, first and foremost, it's always great talking to you on the podcast. We could talk NBA and Lakers for God knows how long. And we we went through what forty minutes without one Nick question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised by that, to be honest with you. <laughs> nah, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be positive about about the team. I know we made we made some moves. Um, obviously, kind of like in in the Lakers uh, position where we wanted people. Uh, we didn't even get a meeting with Lamarcus Aldridge, so that tells you one thing. Um, but I, I like the piece that we got. It it all comes down to Melo being healthy. Um, and what Phil Jackson can do later on to help this team out. They got some pieces, but am I saying eighth seed? I, I don't I don't know. The East is the East is not as tough as the Western Conference, but the East has made some strides. I, I like Washington. I like I like Milwaukee. I like Toronto. Um I don't think Brooklyn's gonna be in, in that top eight. Um I know I'm forgetting somebody else. Um, I think they're gonna make a jump this year. The who? Heat. 
the, I think the Pacers might make a jump, and I think the Heat are going to be right. Oh here. yeah, Miami, the Pacers. I know Charlotte's not going to be in that in that playoff mode. So I mean, do, does New York have a chance? I mean, yeah, it it it, it all depends on Melo and you know Robin Lopez and Aflalo and and the the rookies they got. So I mean, oh yeah, also at at uh, Atlanta. So it's going to be tough mm-hmm. for the Knicks to be in, in that top eight. Can it? Can they do it? Absolutely, but uh, I, I think they'll be on the outside looking in um, come playoff time. But the final question I want to ask you: We did mention Kobe was on the the podcast with Shaq, and for my, my first instinct was like, "Oh wow, Kobe's on a podcast!" And I, I I didn't know he does those kind of things. But then now he he's on a podcast with Shaq. It made sense. Um, I heard it last week. I'm pretty sure you did. Oh, yeah. what, what was your overall take on just the overall dynamic him and Shaq have now? Everything's out in the open, clear in the air. They're both good friends. And just the overall relationship while with the Lakers. You know what it seemed like to me? It seemed like life had, get, had offered them a ton of perspective. You know, uh, both of them kind of echoed that sentiment and said, like, you know, when you're young, you're on top of the world, you think and you think it's always going to last. And we all do that. You know, we, regardless of what you know, regardless of what we're doing in life, we all think when we're 19, 20, 21 and in our early 20s, at least many of us do. We, you know, there, there's a certain level of invincibility or like uh, or maybe it's just a, you know, a naive level of it. Right. Imagine if you imagine if you're on top of the world in their case. You know, um, the one thing that I like that they you know, that they addressed is as much as we want to sit on the outside looking in and say like, oh man, if they had just stayed together, they would have won this much. They would. It wasn't a failure. Like, there's a difference between being as successful as you possibly can be and being a failure. Being a failure would have been if they had only won one ring together. You know what I mean? They won three and they went to the finals four times. So I, I did like that. I love the fact that they you know that they came together in that form. Um, I, I also appreciate the fact that Kobe did a podcast. But then when when you see Shaq's name attached to it, you realize. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, more than anything, it just seemed like you, you had you know some guys that had matured, uh, realized that uh, you know, look in Kobe's case. While yes, he got pal later on down the road. I'm sure he looked at he looked at a lot of those bigs that he played with and said, "Man, they don't make them like Diesel anymore." You know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm, you know, not to take a knock, and you're know, not to take a knock in any way at Dwight Howard, but I'm going to use him as an example. Kobe seeing him in what was actually Kobe's last great year, you know, and, and, and you, you want to go back and look at 2012-2013 stats and highlights, that truly was a great year and an unexpectedly great year for Kobe. Uh, I think more than anything, probably what that year showed him was as much as we all wanted to say, you know, Dwight the second coming, Dwight this, that, and the other. Again, they don't make him like Shaq. And there's there's no better way to end the podcast all by saying they don't make him like Shaq no more. I think Shaq was, you know, he, he's a Hall of Famer, legend, and just just his body of work being the most dominant big man in in NBA history. They definitely don't make him like. Um, like him no more and and a lot of people but um i guess he just shows that me and you are a true product of that era and will we see a second shack i doubt it but i I don't think shack wants to see a second (laughs) shack i don't know i don't know if the league can handle another shack a lot of folks you know they they may have seen him i saw him up close and personal many on many occasions the guy was literally the perfect combination of brute strength, force, speed, mm. agility. Yeah, he the total package in a oh, by the way, a seven foot one, three hundred plus pound body. 
Uh-huh. That was he, he was just ridiculous. He was just ridiculous. Anyway, I know that I know that was the last question. I won't keep going on. You know I can sit here and talk about old Lakers stuff all uh-huh. day. <laughs> now, real quick, have you ever met Shaq or Kobe before? Uh, yeah, well, I've been cut for one. I've been covering the team, so I've, I've actually, you know, I've had the opportunity to, you know, to ask Kobe questions and have, have him look at me like, "What the hell are you asking me that question for?" Oh God! Um, so I, I've never been <laughs> that. Shaq, as crazy as it may sound, you know, and and this is it's totally you know coincidental, but there's this there's this park out here, and, and folks out in you know folks that live out in the, you know I guess in the you know, L.A. or San Fernando Valley area, they'll know it. It used to be it's Genesta Park. Uh, you, it's open, you know, 20, it used to be not, not 24 hours, but open pretty late. Uh, you know, you know, people used to go down there and play until one o'clock in the morning. You might get, you, you might run a game with Bill Bellamy. You might run a game with whomever. Uh, all of that to say, Shaq used to be out there all the time on a regular basis when he, you know, especially when he, when he played for the Lakers. In fact, Shaq went as far as in after game. This is going to sound crazy to you, but after Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals against uh, what was that that crazy one against the Kings? Yeah, Sacramento. Shaq went by that park and then went to went to a local bar, you know, right up the street from it. So I have had the opportunity to interact with him a few times, even though I haven't been covering the league since he's been playing. Um, incredible guy, you know, was always great with the fans out here. Always, you know, he truly embraced. I guess you could say the LA lifestyle. Um, you know, you know, so, you know, New York is you know you can you, you can call that what you want. That's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but no, Shaq, Shaq is great. Honestly, just a great guy. Well, man, you you met Kobe Bryant. I'm officially jealous. <laughs> uh, like, like like I said, when he gives you that look, like what what the hell did you ask me that question for? Uh, and then you got you, know, you mm-hmm. instantly look like Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it's not necessarily it's not necessarily the best of look. Uh, so I, I guess I can say yeah, I met him and I asked him a couple questions, but uh, hey. it wasn't necessarily the most ideal of situation. Hey man, I don't care. I, I can go back to my neighborhood and be like, you know what? Kobe gave me the death stare. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, that's real. That's real. Before I let you go, officially, just let the people know um, where they can find you on Twitter, on the new website, LakersNation.com. Um, any info about the the radio show on Lakers Nation, just anything that the fans can uh, keep tabs with you throughout the whole uh, season. All right, again, thank you so much for the opportunity. You know it's, it's always a pleasure. I hope we can catch up at some point throughout the season, and I meant what I said. I'll definitely ask you to be a guest of ours on the show when you know, when it does get going. Uh, we're, just, we're basically working out the kinks right now. Um, it will be available on iTunes. It'll be available on the site. I'm not certain you know, like any, any other places, but for right now it will be available by then uh, on those two, out, you know, the, those two outlets. Um, again, it'll, it'll uh, feature, you know, obviously myself, uh, you know, my co-host, James Wells and Jordan Buster. But really, we're going to do a lot of things in order to reach out, like I said, to you know, uh, the, the bloggers and the hosts and, the, you know, just and even the fans in other markets. I really want, you know, like I want it to be informed. Like, you know, we'll have player, you know, player audio and, you know, interviews and, you know, backstage stuff. But I also want it to be kind of like a voice to fans. Uh, you know, so it, it'll be a lot of fun. And, and obviously, I'll, 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 you know, shoot out the links whenever, you know, whenever those are available or when we do have it up and running. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Jabari Davis NBA on Twitter. If you do that sort of thing, and uh, as you know, as Randy mentioned, LakersNation.com. So again, thank you very much for this opportunity. Always great to talk to somebody that knows their stuff. Exactly, Jabari Davis, LakersNation.com. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right.